everyone. Happy New Year. It's 2020. And um, I want to go ahead and start this new year outright with doing my first podcast episode for the year. Um, so today is January 6, 2020. Um, so, of course, we're on the sixth day of this year. And I have not done any podcasts thus far. Um, the last um, episode was December um, with a new friend. Um, our Virginia pilot journalist. Um, we did one talking about online dating, about Tinder. So if you guys have not listened to that yet, um, go ahead, feel free to tune into that podcast. Um, if you have not listened to any of the podcasts prior um, prior to this podcast, I encourage you all to go ahead and check out those podcast episodes. So, for a while, um, I've been thinking, what should I talk about? What is it that I should be talking about for the very first episode of 2020? And um, I've had a lot of thoughts. Um, I have honestly have, in a way, been distant a little bit about um, sharing the first episode of this year. Um, I don't want to sound like a broken record. Um, I don't want to sound cliche. Um, I don't want to be saying everything else that everyone else is saying that you may be hearing. Because I know a lot of people are pretty much saying the same things for this year. And um, of course, I want to still be relevant. I want to still be helpful and encouraging to everyone that's listening. Um, so I've been trying to be sensitive and not to be so in a rush to give my thoughts on 2020 um, as I continue to build up this podcast. Um, so anyways, just um, moving forward with this. Whew, it's just I feel like it's a lot, lot that could be said right now. Um, so this particular podcast is going to be more of a reflection of... 2019 as in the things that I've learned in 2019 and from the things that I've learned in 2019 and how it could help um, every, help everyone that's listening in 2020 um, how this can also help myself as well um, like I said this podcast I am doing my best uh, to bring value um to you all, um, I don't want to sound like a dead horse on this podcast. So I just want to say thank you once again for everyone um, that's been listening. I absolutely appreciate it. Um, absolutely 100%. Um, the podcast from 2019 has grown significantly. I have been a podcaster um, since April of 2018. So this April will be a full two years of me uh, producing episodes for you all. And this past year, 2019, have grown so much. Um, at the moment of time, as I'm speaking at this very moment, um, I am at 4,600 listens right now. And that's only possible because of you all that's taken the time out your day either in the morning or as you're commuting as you're doing chores in the house or if you're at work i just thank you 
most definitely for tuning in. And I really do appreciate that. And that means a whole lot. Um, I want to also thank, thank you for my number one podcast um, monthly supporter. I have one person at this moment that is giving every month of um, $4.99. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, most definitely, you're listening and this podcast has brought value to you. If you've been encouraged by any way possible, if you want to still hear encouraging, clean, appropriate content um, that's actually doing something for the community and is helping you and helping you become a better person, I really do encourage you to tap that link for donate to be a listener supporter. And you could be a listener supporter for either 99 cents. $4.99, $4.99, or $9.99 every month. And of course, that is going to bring value for this podcast and also continue to grow this podcast as this podcast is continuing to um, be willing for the open doors that's happening for other platforms. At this moment, I'm on nine different platforms right now um, that has been listed. Some of those are Spotify, of course, Radio Public, Apple and Google. Um, so those are some of the main main ones. There's a few others that I have. A, there's another major plat, major podcast platform. I'm not sharing at the moment. I am waiting until I get full approval. But back in December, I also did some information for a um, another pot for another podcast platform, and I'm really looking forward to sharing that information with you all when I get fully approved for that. But um, yeah, so become a monthly supporter financially. And also I want to encourage you all to share this podcast, share it, share it on your Facebook, share it on your LinkedIn, your Twitter, your Instagram, share. If this this helped you, if there's a podcast episode that you really enjoy, go share it. Just don't, you know, listen to it and be like, oh, that was a really great podcast. You know, I really enjoyed that conversation. I really enjoyed that interview. That kind of helped, that really helped me. It helped me gain some insight. It's encouraged me. If it encouraged you, I'm pretty certain there's a good another 10 people in your life that that podcast episode can help someone else too. So feel free to share it. Send in a text, send in an email, um, feel free. So as I go into right now, we're about a seven minute intro it's not really intro but you know i just want to kind of let you all know what's going on this podcast once again we're all over the world right now i'm all over the united states canada south america central america i'm in africa um we're in europe we're 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 out here like this podcast is reaching so many people live and i'm so thankful and i just pray and hope that i could continue to be a voice and be an advocate and um, share was really important for some of us. All right, thanks for tuning in, and I'm gonna go on to the next topic here.
Hello. Hey, Kim, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Look at that. <laughs> Shameful, y'all. Shameful, y'all. Oh. <laughs> My people, y'all not gonna believe this. It's taking us 40 minutes to get on. 40 minutes. Five o'clock. <laughs> It might have been me, Kim, not knowing how to work this thing. <laughs> it's really not that hard. So all you, all my people, it's, well, all my people that's already been on, they already know it's, it's really not that hard. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's me. <laughs> it, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't know what was going on, but I would say that I've noticed, um, even outside of podcast episodes, I've noticed when I've tried to have serious conversations mm. it's like my phone is always like it's like it, it picks and chooses when it wants to like act up or mm. I can't tell you the number of stories when I'm in deep conversations about the bible and salvation and mm. um talking about spiritual warfare and and we'll have so many problems on the call and it just happened this week I was trying to talk to my former first lady from my home from a former church I used to go to and a call dropped on us like twice huh. this week so um, <laughs> hmm. but earlier today I talked to another friend today and the call was like an hour and a half and I don't think I had any problems we didn't have no problems with the conversation so, so yeah. shameful it's just shameful that you know, the devil don't want this good conversation to speak. <laughs> oh, mercy, oh, mercy. Okay, so so here here we are. Uh, once again, so I was kind of rambling a little bit at the beginning, but thank you all for tuning in to uh, Miss Kim McLeod, VA Real Talk. And um, today is May 28th, May 28th, 2020. And unfortunately, my last podcast was not it was not until like this past February. Um, I kind of had like, you know how people have like writer's block? Yeah. I kind of had like a um, podcast block. Um, not because, not because there wasn't a lot for me to talk about. It was just, I didn't know what was most important or pertinent at that time or a season to talk about. And um, for those of you that don't know, like it's just try to focus on work and getting my credentials to move on with my life. I just haven't really took the time and just, you know, have a topic and speak either by myself or with someone else. So um, today, so I'm going to stop rambling, but I just want to just thank you all once again, all my supporters and audience out here. But we have a very, very special guest. Um, this is her first time with me. And I know this won't be the last time. <laughs> At all. <laughs> At all. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, so today, um, first time ever, we have Miss Kill um, Gilchrist, and I'm going to have her introduce herself, and then um, we we shall introduce the topic. But I want her to go. I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. I know I already mentioned your name, but go ahead and mention your name again. Um, tell us. Um, where you at, your location, just kind of give a 
give us a little background about yourself. All right. Okay, guys. So my name is Jaquil Gilchrist. I reside in Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, basically, I am a mental health professional and I graduate in December. Thank the Lord. Um, and I'm just basically happy to be on this podcast. But in addition to that, I um like to use my voice to advocate for people and to also just, you know, like speak out about issues that is an issue. So that's pretty much me. Um, and yeah, I'm just happy to be up here with you, Kim. Okay. So you mentioned, you know, you know mental health profession, profession, and you mentioned about to graduate. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what exactly you're supposed to graduate? What, sure. You know, what you're graduating from, what your what will be the degree? Yeah, like, like, Oh, you're coming out of. <laughs> okay, so, well, um, correct. So basically, I will be graduating in December of 2020. Um, is actually Kim. I was listening to your um podcast episode regarding you know turning 30. Um, I'll be tur- graduating around the same time that I turn 30 years old. Um, my school that I go to is Norfolk. Behold the green. <laughs> And also, I um, am going to be getting my degree in mental health counseling. Um, my goal is to become a, it's not even a goal, it's going to happen, a licensed professional counselor. Um, I want to basically work with, you know, people who have experienced vast amounts of trauma. Um, in addition to working with the developmental disabilities population. So, and right now I'm currently doing crisis support. Um, and that's teaching me a lot about the population that I want to work with post me getting licensed. So, yep, that's me. <laughs> that's great. Thank you. Thanks. That's really great. And um, I don't know, did you all catch it? She, you was kind of fast with it, Jaquil, when you uh, mentioned Norfolk State University. Behold, the green and gold. <laughs> and, you know, I have a friend on here that listens. And they're, uh, they went to... Um, North Carolina A and T, so they always trying to be giving me slack on this on the scene. But once again, we hope the green and gold. And I can I can let them understand how serious we are about our green and gold. <laughs> and those that don't know, which we're coming up to our topic, that Norfolk State is a HBCU. And of course, I know a lot of people may ask you that because like, what's the HBCU? But for those of you that do not know, um, it's Historical Black College University. Um, We're not going to full history today. We could leave that to another podcast. But, (laughs) um, you know, HBCUs was created um, in times where, of course, Blacks had a hard time getting into um, predominantly white schools. Mm. Um, So you know, the black community uh, started to invest in colleges, universities, so we could continue our education and careers. So that could be a whole nother podcast. But to be honest, I, and I, I, I like to, I said that too, and I don't mind sharing more about that in the future because, you know, here we are 2020, and this is not to shame anybody. I've personally had conversations with people about HBCUs. But um, we're in 2020, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't even real, like don't even know what that means. A lot of people never realize why HBCUs was created mm-hmm. and why they're still around. So, so yeah. So, as we're coming up with our topic today, um, of course, many of you that listen, we already know of this current event 
Um, for some of you all, this may be the first time you're hearing about it, but I know a majority of people have already heard about this, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, Jaquil, it was May 25th, yep. right? It was May 25th, 2020. Uh, Mr. George Floyd um, recognized the African-American black male of um, Minnesota was, um, as we put it, um, murdered mm-hmm. by white police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has really shook our nation this past week. Understandable, this podcast has been on May 28th, and understandable, some people may listen to this in the future, but I feel as though this will continue on. So in a way of trying to title this, I was thinking the title, this is um, hashtag George Floyd 2020 continue racial injustice. Um, So I know I have my two cents, but I want to want to let my guests speak and um, her just kind of share her perspective and point of view on this issue. Okay. So, um, um, this is a very emotional um, topic for me. Um, I think it will be for many a black women, um, only because, you know, we all have black family members. Um, and this could have happened to my grandfather or my brother. But I don't want to sound cliche, but I do want to just say um, I was looking at the video yesterday. That was the first, I was watching CNN and that was the first time I could actually look at it because um, I couldn't stomach it. It literally kept me up all night, the um, night that it happened. So when I looked at the video, um, I was just trying to get some type of rationale as to why such a thing had to happen to this, to this man. Um, and upon looking at the video, I saw that the officer continued to have his his knee in um Mr. Floyd's neck um while doing that he did not relax once the client was detained the client was already detained um the issue that I have with the situation though is that he told Mr. Floyd to relax after he pleaded for his life he said several times I need water you're going to kill me my stomach hurts um and the officer said relax in addition to the fact that there was other um, officers around who could have advocated for Mr. Floyd by simply, you know, just removing the officer who was on him by simply saying, hey, you know, man, enough is enough. You don't have to do that. No one stood up other than the um, civilians who was surrounding the area. Why I'm bothered by this is because it's 2020 and it reminded me of maybe 1921 black men who did absolutely nothing would have just got lynched on a pole or a tree and my concern is that we have to fight so hard for justice they say you know don't you know have riots protest in a civilized manner but then you see where um the football player and i'm sorry i'm not big on athletes or football but i will say this the the football player did peacefully protest and this man almost he really did lose his career in addition to losing several endorsements however when we riot that seems the only way that we're hurt 
and I don't want that to be the case because I'm a believer and I don't believe in, you know, doing evil for evil. But I do believe that the only way we're going to be heard if, if it comes to something drastic as this. And even if it's not a riot, maybe if it's just the black, the black people spending their money at places or just showing them that we need to be heard. Um, and then also just understanding that this didn't just casually happen. Like, you know, it doesn't just happen once every 10 years it's happening every year every year you're hearing about several cases of someone who is african-american passing away due to the hands of a police officer most cases they're innocent so my issue is that what is it going to take for us to not be brutalized in this way it's 2020 and we've already gotten past slavery we've gotten past the civil rights movement but yet we're still going backwards and i just want to add to um the background of what happened just to add on to what you mentioned so here we have mr george floyd and correct me correct me jico if um you have better facts than i do um the things that i have personally read and saw um was that he was arrested based upon um, possibly writing a fraudulent, um, fraudulent check, right? Um, far as my knowledge, that hasn't even been confirmed yet. Now, it could have, but far as what I personally know from what I've read, from what I've watched thus far, um, that has not been confirmed. Um, so we have a um, dead Black mm -hmm. man by the name of George Floyd, and we don't even fully know why he died. Um, also to add what you said was um, he was mm -hmm. arrested. They put him on the ground on the street in the middle of COVID-19 yes. um, on his stomach, mm. face down. There were two, there was a total of three officers sitting on him. Um, the third officer that, it, that, that really causes a major concern um, is that he was, of course, his knee, his knee was on his neck. Um, then you have another officer. So it was a total of four officers. Then you have a fourth officer. I think he was like yes, Asian. Um, so there was three, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was three white officers and there was an Asian officer and the Asian officer was standing up. He was standing. Um, and he did not do anything as in making sure these other officers are doing what they're supposed mm -hmm. to be doing. So he was also guilty by association. Um, so I just want to, you know, clear that out in the air because um, it's 2020, social media is running rapid. And I've been, I, I was I was trying to brace myself and wait for it because there's been a lot of justifications of this. And um, this is a situation that there is no justification for it. Um, there is no justification um, of being, gu being guilty of this association um, of that. So I just want to like clear the air with that um, to bring more perspective with people. Yeah. It's not, it's not saying that he was handcuffed and he was sitting down in the car and he was saying he can't breathe or he was saying he want water. Like, 
he was completely helpless. Mm-hmm. Helpless. He was not re- he was not resisting mm-hmm. arrest. Um far as what we know when he when he got arrested he didn't have a weapon far as what we know. Um but even with that um in the position that he was in he was not a threat. Mm-hmm. Not a threat. Um this man was calling out for his mother. He was calling out for help. The bystanders, actually, there's like three. I don't know a lot of people know this, but there's actually like three videos floating around that I know of. I've watched like three different ones. And I did watch the one that was very close up. And it was very, very hard to see. Very hard to see. But I watched it. I watched it. And I listened. I did. And for people that know me very, very well, they know that I don't even watch a lot of old school black movies because it literally, I literally have to emotionally, mentally get myself prepared to watch something like the newest Harriet Tubman movie. <laughs> I was like, the only reason why I went to go see it because one of my friends went to go see it and I don't mind seeing it. He was like, I already mentioned, I was like, that's not, you know, I don't really watch these too much because I had to like really prepare myself. And thankfully it was, it was decent. It wasn't too much, you know, but, um, so yeah, I just want to put that out there. So you could go ahead with your, um, next thought. Um, well, my next thought, um, that when I saw the video, Kim, and like you were basically saying, like it was a fraudulent check. Um, and that was the reason why the police were what that even with him not resisting with you know him just basically you know asking them can I just please have some water they relax I think that that is simply inhumane to tell a person to relax with your knee and their neck but I also wanted to state that um that wasn't even the proper way to do that that's not a practice um restriction that police officers use because no one is fully trained on restraining a person by putting their knee in their neck because of the fact that you can cut off circulation. So in addition to them doing that, they also restrain him in a way that isn't mandated. So my concern at that point, I've been sitting there for about five to eight minutes and then no one said anything. Meanwhile, this man life is leaving his body. So that was nothing but pitching to kill someone. Like that, what said, but to me, it was like that officer woke up with the intention on killing a black. But no one has to go that far. As long as he's trained and he's being respectful, you don't have to keep your knee in his neck and say, oh man, just relax while he casually has his hand in his pocket. You know, the, you know, the first question that I had when I was looking at it was, why wasn't he in the cop car? <laughs> that was the first question that <laughs> I had. Wow. So we don't even know. And that's the thing, too. Like, granted, this is coming from a bystander video. Three different videos that I know if they could be more. But... It's like we, it hasn't even been revealed to the people why he was outside on the street. 
Well, I just want to also point out this one fact, um, something that also, you know, bothered me. And I get that everything is a protocol. We work in mental health. We know that everything is a procedure. But what I don't understand about America is why is it, a, why do you have to investigate obvious death? Um, they It was obvious that that man killed George Floyd. It is to me, that's that's all the the um, evidence that you need is what you saw on camera. Bystanders, like you stated, were saying, "Hey, it's enough. You're going to kill him. Let up, let up on him, man." They were saying that, and then they're saying we have to give these police officers a failed fair trial. But how is it fair when Floyd wasn't given a fail a fair trial? He, you guys came out and harassed him without figuring out what happened what was the background of what what could have possibly went wrong with the check um so it's there i'm here on the news that they're saying they're going to wait to you know prosecute or whatever the case may be but i feel as if how comes we continuously bypass the evidence that's right in front of our face is on video that's all the evidence you need and unfortunately, and okay, let's that too. So let's let's jump back for a minute. So the officers, the four officers that was involved, they wouldn't have even been fired. What was they fired, right? Or was just suspended? Immediately fired. Okay. So they was fired, but the only reason why they was fired because the video went viral. So they would have not been fired if the if the video did not go right. viral. And it same thing that happened with Hamad, you know, um, earlier, you know, when the video, well, the the guys got arrested, but this happened back in March. That's the only reason why they was arrested. Mm-hmm. What do you have? But this thing, you have cops. That clearly, the, and the thing about it is, not only did America see this, the whole world saw yeah. this, because we're, we're this is a global society. So really, um, depending on the country, they don't have if they don't have any type of um, restrictions with certain um, social media sites. Most parts of the world saw this as well. What 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 Americans? What we need to realize is that. The world is always looking at us. Mm. The world is always looking at us. And, you know, we have to also think about, I'm not trying to go on a rabbit trail, but just follow me. Even when we go back, when we go back to war, when we go back to World War One, World War Two, the Vietnam War, and in our very own country, we were still dealing with segregation. We were still dealing with racial injustice. But yet... They were still taking our black soldiers out to fight a war in another country where we already had mm. our own issues, and we're still we're it's like history repeats itself because there's no new thing under the sun, right? So we're still so concerned about what goes on in the world as we should, but same time too, we're we're still trying to ignore our issue of racial injustice. 
So, so yeah, so what can I say here? So yeah, I was just trying to go back to the fact that social media, I posted on somebody's page the other day, I said social media has become the new yep. justice system because our justice system has failed us and has been broken for a very long time mm-hmm. anyway. Um, while you're at Norfolk State, I don't know what, did you have the opportunity to take the class? I don't even know that they still have the class, but when I was, because um, for those who don't know, I went to Norfolk State for my undergrad, for my um, bachelor's in psychology. And during my studies, I, um, I did summer school and one of my summer school sessions, it was an online course, but I learned a lot and it was on racial injustice and pretty much focusing on the jail system, the, ju- the judicial mm-hmm. system across the board with blacks, with other minorities and whites. And it was definitely, it was things that I already kind of knew or figured, but when you actually have real articles, things that's been like actually research, um, when they're doing the numbers inside the actual um, prisons and jails, it definitely is an eye opener, Mm -hmm. Um, most definitely. Um, So, I'm gonna let you finish your rant, of course, but I want people to understand that still trying to, and I think this is really for people that still trying to justify this. Um, I just want you all to realize there's a really good chance that these police officers would not have been reprimanded if there was not a video. And it was the mayor. It was the mayor was. that stepped in. And I'm very, I'm very proud that he did. Yeah, um, and I agree. I agree with you um, on this whole supposedly "quote unquote" investigation. Hmm. Um, I feel like yes, do your investigation, but they Correct. want to be locked up. Why are mm-hmm. you doing the investigation? Um, because. And, you know, I don't even have to use other people's examples, but, you know, use other people I know for examples. But I know for myself, if if I say if today I walk out and I decide that I want to beat up a police officer and a police officer yeah. dies with me beating them up, yeah, my life is over. My life mm. is over. And I will pray for grace and mercy that, I won't get the death penalty. But you will. <laughs> but um, right, right, and and it's like you said, it's very sensitive because a lot of us we have a hard time swallowing that. I have a hard time swallowing that, hmm. knowing that if I was to do that, they'd be ready for the death penalty. But yet. We see it with our own eyes. The nation saw it. The world saw it. And yet these men, far as we know, these officers are still in their home Hmm. waiting for an investigation. And in the meantime, they can murder someone else. And it makes you wonder, it makes you wonder how many other things they got away with. And I don't know how true this is because I just saw a snippet of it. But supposedly the officer, I, I don't even want to mention his name right now, but the officer that had his knee on his neck, supposedly he has had several incidents in his years of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I don't know how true that is because I didn't really do my fact check on that yet. But it makes you wonder, though, how because he was so comfortable in the video. It wasn't like he was nervous. It wasn't like he didn't seem like he didn't know what he was doing. It seemed like he was the the officer seemed very comfortable with what they was doing. So it makes me to believe that this has this has been done before. So, well, um, from based off what I was informed, um, that they are taught several different restraint mechanisms, just like um, Kim, me and you being mental health professionals are taught several different ways to restrain a client if need be. However, it's very rare. However, um, one of the, the, the restraint tactic that he utilized was not one that they are taught to do that's not one that they even have to do um once you have a client restrained or not a client i'm sorry once you have you know the for the police say once he has the person who he wants to restrain restrained he doesn't need to put his knee in his neck because of the position that is fatal you could choke them and you're cutting off so circulation and that's what happened so as you stated you made a great point how at how comfortable he was he had his knee in his neck with his hands in his pockets grinning stating just relax y'all need to just relax um to me that's taunting him and that's just horrible because it's how can a person really relax and they're tough um and i guess i want to like just kind of like zoom in on is the how this is looked upon as you know as the african-american race we're overreacting when we see um you know one of our own get harassed or killed you know it's been so many times in the news that we've seen this and we've seen it every year i want to say since probably since trayvon martin has passed away i've heard of someone getting you know police brutalized or killed by the police every year since then as a matter of fact it's been so it's so comfortable now that every year you almost expect to hear it and i don't care what anyone says i don't think we'll ever be desensitized at this point i think we're actually outraged because we're trying to figure out how can we do something to make this stop you know and do i agree with riots Mm -hmm. no but do i agree with maybe um you know you know rosa parks when they bankrupt the whole entire bus system the transport system i do agree yes. with that i agree with peacefully protesting i feel as if kaepernick protested the right way because what he did was he took a knee that was why he took a knee was because of police brutality and trump called him a son of a b-word however we have this man who had his knee in that particular person, Mr. George Floyd, neck, and he didn't say anything. The president didn't say anything about that. How is that mm-hmm. presidential? And we have to stop glancing past these subjects. It can't just be Black people, the only people getting mad about it. It has to be everyone. Picture that happening to your son or your child, or your or your grandfather, or your nephew, and imagine how that would make you feel. It, it, it's, it, whether or not 
you know, any person, anybody else other than black people protest about this, we have to stand up because at this point, we're allowing things to happen that should not be. So I guess what my concern is, it's not it's not something that's just been happening like every, every 10 years or every once well, no, this is something that happens every year, every year and multiple times within one year. Yes, it's true. It's true. And trying to think how what direction I want to go on here. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. So the thing is, I want to clear the air, of course. I've already told a few people today anyway um, that, no, I don't agree to harmful and ineffective protests. Actually, I've never even been in a protest before in my life. Um, that may change. We, we'll see what happens in the future. Um, I know that I've been hearing a lot of people say, I haven't heard so much of it, but I know at times past, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, we need to pray, we need to pray. And um, the issue that's coming in with that, and God knows, I need to pray a whole lot more. And I'm sure everybody has the same, you know, not everyone, but I know many of us can witness and testify that, of course, we can pray a lot more. We can pray a lot more. And the issue with our um, background, our culture, our heritage, our ancestors, is that um, we've prayed yes. through suffering. Um, we have been given some of the best spiritual hymns throughout slavery, throughout segregation, throughout those times of suffering. So, um, of course, just like with any other race, of course, everybody is not a believer mm. of Jesus Christ. Um, at the same time, those that are um, that's in the black community, um, they many, and we could use ourselves for example, but um, most of the dedicated black people that I know that that's a follower of Christ, that love Christ, that's that has given their life to Christ, they know how to pray. Um, they know how to pray, they know how to fast. Um, they know how to give to the Lord as their finances, as well as their gifts and their talents. Um, they're willing to work for the Lord um, in the four walls, as well as out in the community. Um, I, what I believe in this season in 2020 and moving forward, um, this is going to be the season where we're going to have to put mm -hmm. some action to our prayer. Um, the word of God has said it. Uh, faith without works is dead um, and granted granted and reasonable so reasonably so in, in times past God knows and God is a reason why um, Jekyll and myself is here today you know is is a reason for everyone to be here today you know God is calling you for such a time as this and God only knew I, I don't know what my life would have been like, I don't know how I would, would have lived if I was a slave. My complexion, most mm -hmm. likely I would be in the house. And I know people try to make light of that, but being in a field or being in the house was both horrible. Um, and so 
I don't know. I can't sit here and say what I would have done or what I wouldn't have done back in the 1600, 17 or 1800s or, you know, back in the 50s and 60s when they're trying to, you know, push for civil rights. I don't know. I can't sit here and say that. But God has placed me here in 2020. And what I do know with this generation, with with um, this group here, definitely the millennials and the Gen Xers, um, we are not scared. We are not scared. And I think it's because for those that have educated themselves, like, you know, some of us have taken that time and educated ourselves. Some of us have had really great homes and parents that have taught us. And some people have come out of dysfunctional homes and made something out of themselves. Um, and I know for me, knowing some of my grandparents and knowing how hard they worked for what they had through all the like suffering and, um, you know, segregation they had to go through, I feel like I'm doing my ancestors a disservice Mm -hmm. if I don't do something with my life. Yeah. And at the same time, too, like, our people suffered for, well, people got to realize we suffered for Mm -hmm. centuries. We're talking centuries. And now you sit here thinking that you could still, you know, beat us, shoot us, kill us, and think that we're not going to say anything because mm. we're scared of you. Come on. There has to be some action. And I just, and I've been, this has been role playing in my head since yesterday. And I don't, I can't say where it came from. It's just, I guess, from the things you've read, the things that you see, but. Think about it. Think about Malcolm X. He was, well, quote me if I'm wrong, maybe I gotta go back and read Malcolm X, but, you know, he mm. talked about using force. He talked about doing something. They killed him. Come on. Then you have Martin Luther King mm-hmm. Jr., MLK. He talked about having peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. He was assassinated. So you have both ends of the spectrum, both of the extremes, mm-hmm. and they both got mm-hmm. assassinated. So it's like, what way are we supposed to mm-hmm. take? Which way are we supposed to take? So you're telling us to be peaceful, we're peaceful, mm-hmm. and yet you still kill us. Then you say, oh, let's use some mm-hmm. little bit of force, and you still kill us. So I think right now for me, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, I believe there are people that's rising up with, I think voices are going to be so pertinent in this time moving forward. And I believe there's people that God will use their voice in this season. Um, And I think that's going to what, you know, possibly make the change um, but unfortunately, I hate, like, I don't really want to say it out in the airways, but I heard another brother of mine that I know, he shared an awesome, I mean, awesome um, video on Instagram. He was like, you know, I don't, he's like, I believe it's going to get worse. But in that getting worse, you know, in that um, 
the believers are going to get, you know, do more and get stronger, but it's this whole racial tension and discrimination is just going to get worse. Injustice, wow. you know, saying it's going to get worse. And um, so I just, for me, I just hope and pray mm. that I can do my part. I want to make sure I'm doing my part because there has been times where these things happen that I didn't necessarily say anything. It's because I'm tired. I'm mad and I'm tired and I want to keep going through the cycle of sharing it, sharing my point of view of it. It's like, why do we have to constantly wow. say this is wrong? Oh, man. Oof. Okay. So I just, I want to make sure I do my part and I want to make sure, you know, I'm doing what God tells me to do. And um, I trying to think like I guess moving forward for those that are listening if I could tell you all Mm. don't be ignorant um don't be arrogant Mm. don't be prideful don't be naive because don't let tragedy hit don't let tragedy hit your home or your friendships and and I'm trying to get emotional here but I haven't even told my friend this yet, and I'll, I'll I'll tell him soon. Maybe he may listen to this, but um, I told a couple of people this. But when this happened, when I saw that video, um, one of my friends that I know, I meet there. Um, they're a black male, of course, and um, they also have two mm-hmm. um, black sons, and I immediately thought of them immediately Hmm. and I knew that they was going to be doing some traveling this week and the whole time this week God is my witness the whole time this week I was like Lord just pretty much asking the Lord to protect them and I can't say I never I can't say I never felt that way um before I always think about my little brother because he's a great my little brother he's a great man um I mean, he has a wife, he has five kids, and my brother, he works. I mean, that man works, wow. and he works for his family. He would do he would do mm. so much for a person. And I could see how someone can um, mm. misjudge him because of the way he looks, the way he dresses, the way he talks. This, bro- this brother is a good man. My brother is a good man. And my, you know, my friend I was just sharing about, and I didn't personally tell them because I didn't want to put more stress wow. and anxiety on them. So I already know the situation yes. has heightened their anxiety. <sighs> and so I say that, and I'm going to say it again. Yes. Please don't be ignorant. educate yourself educate yourself I'm sitting here right I purposely did this I'm sitting here and I have about four books in front of me and I'm not even sure these are the only books I have on it I'm sure I probably have more but I have a book right here um it's called when I was a slave um this has 30 something testimonies I believe in here but it was during a time in the 1930s that they interviewed literally 2,000 um previous slaves then I have another book that's called Crossing the Danger Water. 
that literally have over 300 years of worth of African-American writing um, from the time of slavery up until, um, I think this was like published back in the 80s or 70s or something like that. And then I have two books that I, that I had um, from Norfolk State um, called The African-American Odyssey. And there's two additions to this. This, this is just something small that I personally that I personally have, and I'm sure I have more, but this is something that I just had that I was trying to do some reading today. But um, edu- educate yourself. Hmm. Don't walk around ignorant. Educate yourself. Know who you are. Um, I know I have slept in that area. I personally, I only don't, ha- I only don't have just African blood running in me but I have Native American blood running in me. And as a fact, so I'm not just one of those people who say, well, I got any of me. No, I, it's, we, we have record, we have it. And I just found this out last year. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we forget, we, 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 we make statements that's so insensitive because for some people, America has not always been the great, great for and believe me I want believe me I want America to be great believe me I do same time too we have to go back and think about the Native Americans where they they had they these people had civilized civilizations already in place these people already had government in place these people already knew how to grow their own food cook their own food these people's you know the, the um, people that like to make history um, sometimes gets it wrong. Sometimes to, to paint a different picture. Um, when you when you go and travel, I know I'm kind of on a rabbit trail, but we're gonna get back. When you travel to different parts of South America, Central America, these people had civilizations, pyramids, just crazy types of um, architecture. They had um, kingdoms and people came over here and they destroyed it. They destroyed it. And then we created, we created a nation off of murder yep. blood. You, you know, we have to remember there was what ten million mm-hmm. plus Native Americans that was slaughtered or killed by disease. They was pushed out of their own land. Hmm. Yeah, and then we have us African Americans, blacks. That once again, we we as well we had kingdoms. We had civilizations. <laughs> We was hunted, of course, granted. Our people had, you know, show them where we was at. But same time, too, we was put yep. on ships. We was put in prisons. We was brought over here. We was taken away from our husbands and wives, mm-hmm. separated from our children, beaten, raped, so on and so on. This went on for centuries. So, yes, yes, yes. Yes, people are mad. People are tired. Hmm. 
So what can you do if if yes. you're not black or you're not a minority? Educate what can yourself. you do? Uh, yeah, Edu- educate yourself. And I understand everybody doesn't have a voice like you, kill. I understand everybody doesn't have a voice like I do. That's understandable. But make sure if you're sharing information, if you're speaking, make sure you're having some clarity and having some education behind what you're saying. Make sure you you have some facts behind what you're saying. Everything is not, I want to clear clear the air, everything is not Mm -hmm. a political agenda. Everything is not a um, religious agenda. It's not. Um, Sometimes you just have to Mm -hmm. discern what's right and what's wrong. Bad people is going to continue to do bad things. When good people keep allowing it to happen. So, well, what else you want to add? I have a couple of things that I, I want to say. Well, the first thing that I want to say um, about the faith without works, Kim, is interesting that you said that because I was thinking that scripture. Um, I just wanted to point out that, you know, throughout the Bible, um, you see so many different prophets and, you know, just great men and women of God who, you know, they weren't even violent. Some of them were not violent. Queen Esther wasn't violent, but she had enough faith to go to God, go to the king and, and stand up for what was right. Um, you know, it's just so many different examples, even throughout history, like with, you know, with Martin Luther King, in terms of with him having, he was not a forceful man, but he still had faith and faith is an word. So that means that it takes faith to go out and do something, um, whether it's just a protest in a peaceful way or whether it's just to do sit-ins in a restaurant and say you know I'm not going to leave this restaurant until you guys respect us and make laws that we can all eat together you know like it, it just takes takes faith it was the Muhammad Ali's back in the day who you know used his platform to have a voice for his people and so what I'm saying is Back in those days, in the 60s and the 50s, during the civil rights movement, you see people who had enough faith to voice their opinion or to start a policy or to start a protest. And unfortunately, in this generation, sometimes we are we want to say that we're woke, but are we really woke when we don't go out and vote? You know, are we really woke when we refuse to vote when our ancestors lost their life for that privilege? So what I'm saying is for African-Americans in the terms of when you were saying, Kim, don't walk around ignorant, un- read up on your history, you know, understand the reason why it is important for us to speak out and for us to say what it is that we need to say and to do what's right. Because, you know, I can't, even if I don't, like any politician in office, I can't physically know that it was a point in time when my grandmother, my great-great-grandmother could not vote and I have that privilege and that right and I don't do it. You know, and I know that has nothing to do with George Floyd, but it does because it's so many, 
it's also with protest and like I can't walk around knowing that I have a voice and I don't utilize it for the good so I just want to say that you know but in terms of for you know your viewers and your followers and your listeners who are Caucasian or white you know again like Kim said educate yourself put yourself on in our shoes to understand that if this was your son if this was your you know I hate to say it but they kill women too if this was your daughter why you would be upset also in addition to that get around culturally diverse people and understand why this is so sensitive to us don't make it just seem as if it's small or it's little because it's not this is serious you know I understand that you know you if you live in an area where there isn't a lot of um, African Americans or there isn't a lot of different diverse cultures then the internet is at everybody's thumb you know just try to figure out why we feel so strongly about how we feel because like Kim said, this is centuries of trauma, racial trauma that we have to relive every time where we go on the news or we go on social media and see that somebody else lost their life to the hands of a police. You know, that that's traumatizing and it causes us to have a certain sense of fear and distrust for the police. And, I also just want to say that I, as an African-American woman, should drive in my car and when I go past a police officer, feel anxiety. I shouldn't have to feel that way. So understand where we're coming from, you know, and that's just kind of what I want to say is, you know, Kim, like you said, you, you can't not make something of your life because it'll be an injustice to your ancestors. I feel the same way, but I also don't believe in, you know, being uptight towards every Caucasian American that I see. No, if anything, sometimes I just want to have a conversation and just say, hey, do you understand the reason why this bothers me? You know, Kim, because I want people to understand this isn't us being overdramatic. This isn't us being, you know, just belligerent. This is us experiencing racial trauma over and over and over again you know so I guess my what I and I'll conclude my is just everybody educate themselves learn a different race like for me this has motivated me to learn different races to understand other races and why they feel the way they feel about whatever you know because I want to understand and I want to be multiculturally competent to understand why some stuff is offensive and is sensitive to people and in America, we have to stop only thinking that our way is right, you know, and we have to we have to understand that people hurt for seeing people get shot by the police, people hurt by being abused by people they're supposed to be able to go to for protection. And that's. Exactly. And um, I know this season right now that we're in, in May of 2020, you know, we have this quote-unquote COVID-19 coronavirus, and um, I don't want to make light of that because I know people have lost their lives um, with that and have lost loved ones. Um, Same time, I want to encourage everyone that's listening, um, if you have not been outside of your city or your state, um, if you have not experienced being outside the country, um, I would really like when they let when they lift the traveling restrictions. I'll, I 
if I could only encourage you, um, definitely a young person, if you're, if you're like high school age, college age, um, if I could um, encourage you to, you know, get a passport, um, I, I need to renew mine. Mine ended up, unfortunately, um, expiring this past March when all this stuff happened, and I can't even renew my passport because they said that it's going to take months for them to do it. It only recommend you filing for a renewal right now until um, they lift up everything. Um, so I encourage you all, if you don't have a passport, um, purchase a passport. Um, you could go to your post office. You could go to your local city hall. Look it up on the internet where you get a passport. I mean, it's it was such an easy process when I first received mine 10 years ago. I know there's something that's going to be changing. Easy process. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you I appreciate it um I did hear from a friend that used to work for the post office she told me that um you know if you're an American citizen if you live close to DC like I live in Hampton Roads as you all know so I live about two and a half three hours from DC supposedly um you could actually go up there um and get your passport done in the same day if you're willing to pay the little extra and wait um, and I don't think a lot of people know that, but, um, you know, like, um, Mr. Gill said, you know, get around people, get around more people that, that don't look like you. And, um, I think it was the Lord that, that kind of showed me that and taught me that, um, I can't say that I was necessarily taught and, um, my upbringing showed that yes, um, where, when I grew up. Um, during my, um, pretty much my adolescent years, I went to, I went to a um, majority um, white school. So I was the minority. I think it was only like six, uh, about six black girls in our graduating high school class. Um, I think it was like, I don't know how many black guys it was. I think it was maybe a little bit more about 10 or 12. I don't know. It could have been a little bit more, but I know it was not many of us. It really was not many of us. Um, uh, through that, and I, you know, at the time, you know, the, the church I was at, like, was um, majority of white, but we was family. Um, we was family, and I thank, I thank God that I didn't didn't have to experience um, um, racism and discrimination um, during those years. I know a lot of people. That's not the case. Um, I was treated very, very well by the people that I was um, around during those years. But it's interesting because I got my actual culture shock when I went to HBCU, when I went to Norfolk State University, that was my culture shock, which is so ironic because <laughs> I am black. I was in a black household, but being in a school where I was actually the majority um, was definitely eye opener and all the things continued things that I learned. And from me being at Norfolk State University, I want to credit that to them, that that opened my eyes to want to travel. And that's how I did my first study. I, um, I ended up doing my study abroad trip through Norfolk State, and I ended up going to Costa Rica for my first trip for a whole summer. And that opened my eyes even more, you know, being in a country where, you know, people didn't look like you, people didn't speak like you, 
people didn't dress like you. They didn't act like you. They didn't listen to the same music as you. They didn't study like you did. Like it was, and it was, I was so upset because I wanted to stay longer and I only signed up for a summer and I wish I would have signed up for a whole year just to continue to get that learning experience. From there, I ended up t- taking trips to, um, you know, certain parts of Central America. And I just want to, I just want to, um, if you could just give me two seconds. I um, took a cruise with an old friend of mine. I mean, one of the best cruises I've been on. It was like eight days. It was amazing. It was amazing. And one of our stops were to um, a part of El Salvador. I forgot the name of the, the beach or island, but it was El Salvador. And what a lot of people don't even know, what I didn't know, was that that island was full of Black people. And when wow. I'm saying Black people, I mean dark-skinned people. And tell me why. This was, I was in my 20s at this time. Tell me why all my life, I didn't Kim, know about Salvador. Can I say black people about, because when I went to um, the Dominican Republic, yes. um, it was, you, you'll be surprised, well, we went on a, a catamaran to, um, cruise or whatnot. That's like a day cruise um, off the resort. And they take you to like, you know, a separate island or whatnot. And what happened was that um, when I went there, when I was getting off the boat, the man who was on the boat with us, who was actually selling the boat, said, my people, my people. And um, again, they are, they, they was referring to the African-Americans who were getting off the boat also as my people, because again, they have black people there, you know, people don't understand that black people are everywhere. <laughs> Black people aren't everywhere because you better you better preach that thing. You can't. That's another thing. You cannot everywhere a race. You know, so you need black to make white. So, <laughs> um, just if we just being honest, um, I, it's funny that you would say that though. But you, I wouldn't have known that for several years. Um, even it took me into my twenties as well to know that you know it was black people who live in all different parts of the world and you like I did not know that but it's true so I just wanted to say you're right it's true yeah yeah and I remember going to Belize um and I already knew this I knew I'll say this too because when that cruise we also went to Belize which is an island full of black people full of black people and um but I already knew this because um Back in, I think it was in 2012, 2012, I was going on, I was going on two missions trips. And um, before I went on, because I ended up going to Costa Rica again for a missions trip outside of school. And one of my friends, old friends, he was, he was white, but he was very, like, cultured. Like, he was always having people around other than him, you know, what he looked like. He went to a very multicultural church. We, we was really great friends back in the day. And um, he had this um, friend that um, was Belize. And when I first met him, I noticed he was dark dark complexion. And I thought he was just, you know, another guy. Because at the time we was in Florida. But he was just, uh, you know, just other guys, South Florida. Because there's a lot of, you know, people from the islands and Caribbean in South Florida. And he's like, oh, I'm Belize and whatever, you know. He don't association necessarily with black, you know. Black America, and I was like, okay, whatever, you know. <laughs> and so he started telling me about his culture and like how his family, you know, he's from Belize, and he started telling me about the country and 
And so he was like, yeah. Everybody I'm saying, was like, and, that, like, and, that's, <laughs> and I never as knew African Americans, we don't know. I was even having a conversation with a, a friend of mine, um, and we were just healthy. De- I like to call it a healthy debate. Um, we are not religious. Um, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus Christ. You know, <laughs> I, I I believe in. I believe that he took the cross and rose and all that good stuff. But he is actually um, a Muslim. And one of the things that we had a conversation about was the Bible. Um, And I was expressing to him that the Egyptians were one of the first, um, they were one of the first civilizations and they actually, you know, the Romans, so the Romans and the Greeks, everything they know, like the alphabet and the math, all of that stuff that comes from the Egyptians. Um, and they were, he was very surprised. He was like, wait, because the thing that he said, like, you know, and I don't think it was intentionally, but out of his, I hate to say ignorance, but out not knowing, he said, well, black people didn't know how to read first. And I said, no, Egypt. I said, I said that was no, an no, empire. No. I said the Egyptian no, no, no. Empire was an empire. I said, and they actually taught the Greeks and the Romans how to read. You know, because they taught them the language, the alphabet. Where do you think the alphabet come from? You know, so I told, I was surprised that he would say that, and that he didn't know that even Jews in the Bible does not look like the Jews that you see in America. It doesn't matter, but it's just true. You know, like um, it what I guess what I'm trying to say is that they, they were, they were African, you know? <laughs> so, right, 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 right. It is. And so I was, Middle um, East is Africa. Him, it's, it's Africa. you know, when we think of the Egyptians, we think of them as, you know, Africans who didn't believe in God, but we forget that there were also Africans who lived in Africa, who believed in God and had a part in writing the Bible. So, I guess um, that's kind of something that I want to clear up as yes. well because you have a lot of people. Okay, that could be definitely another podcast. That definitely that whole topic. So long, and I just want to get the record straight. But <laughs> if you can make that a podcast, that would be so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. I may have some other people on. So I think I could get more than one person on here. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, I'm good. But it I would doesn't love to matter. Like I was just saying that, you know, African Americans is sad, but we're taught so much negativity about our race that we don't know that we have so much culture. So that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Very well said. Um... I just, for those that are listening, I today, um, earlier today, I actually listened to some of the um, testimony of the by of one of the bystanders, the black one of the black males that um, I think he was doing a video. He had a um, interview, um, I think with CNN, I think, and um, and I watched. Um, an interview with um, Mr. George Floyd's um, two cousins. Um, they had an interview. I saw that today as well. Um, 
so I just, you know, if anybody that knows him that may listen to them, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be praying for you all. Um, I'm going to be continuing to pray for you all. Girl's family, Mr. George Floyd's family, friends, um, his community. Um, I I could say the night that I saw it um, on the 26th, because it was the day after it happened. So on the 20, the evening of the 26th, I remember laying in my bed, trying trying to pray about it, and I found myself having a hard time praying about it because I I could not. I didn't know what words to use. I didn't know what phrases to use. Um, mm. It was like the only thing is like, Jesus, help us. Jesus, help us. Protect us. Um, so I just, you know, I wanted to let you all know that um, this is in no way of disrespecting your family, um, disrespecting his name. Um, moving forward, I'm going to re- put respect on his name because he deserves it. Um, for sure, and um, it's unfortunate that his life was taken. Um, same time, I just pray that he is resting well um, in peace, and that from this, from this incident, that it could somehow bring change. Um, unfortunately, so many people had to sacrifice their own lives. Um, to bring change, but we pray and hope that his death will not be in vain. It will not be in vain. And um, so I just hope and pray and just wish your family very well. My condolences uh, to all of you and just know that me, myself, Kim McLeod, I want to do my part um, in society, in this community and I have a platform and I've been thankful for it. It's not very large, but um, I want to do my part. So um, there's definitely going to be more to come for sure. Um, So, yeah. So I am praying and um, Hmm. we're going to do our best to head in the right direction. I just wanted to say um, thank you again for allowing me to use your platform to speak about how I feel about the situation. Um, And I just also wanted to encourage other um, people. I'm not going to say racial-wise. I'm saying people. Just people who have red blood, such as you and I, to just use their voice as well. This conversation or what you've seen in the news evoke you in any kind of way and kind of, you know, made you feel type of way, you know, that's not telling you that you you have a a voice and you can make a difference. Um, And so that's all I wanted to say. You know, this was not to bring another race down. This was just to shed light on an area that needs to be it needs lit. It needs to be lit up at this point in time. I mean, it always has been. So, Kim, I just want to thank you again. And like you, I'm going to do my part. I'm researching ways to do my part. I, I just want to make a difference and be a change agent because this is getting out of hand, and we don't want this to get any worse. We want it to get better. So that's all I wanted to say. And I just thank you for the opportunity again. You're welcome. Um, also, by the way, I always try to leave this to my people that comes on. 
Um, do you yeah. want to share any outlets for you people that want to that want to reach Instagram, out to you? Um, um, how people can get in contact with you? The um, underscore holistic. Yeah. Um, holistic actually spelled W H O L I S T I C, and then again underscore one. Um, so it's the holistic one, and then my Instagram is Jaquil Gilchrist, spelled just like my name. Um, and you know, if anybody wants to email me, I'll welcome that as well. That's Jaquil G4 at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, those are those are ways that you know they can reach out to me if they would like. Um, yeah, just basically, guys, put some faith okay, behind that great. prayer. Any so you know, like, again, like I words, said, faith is up. an action word. It's not. It's not just saying, "Oh, God changed the world." Well, He put us here on the world for that. Um, we're we're not just here to live a a lifeless life. We're here to do something different. All of us have a purpose. So figure out how you could bring a little bit of light to a dark place. And if all of us start bringing a little bit of light to a dark place, well, then there you have you. You have a world full of light. So let's all just try to figure out how we can make a change and use our platform to help people who really need help. So that's all I wanted to say. Amen. Well said. So peace and blessings, everyone. Um, feel free to share this. Feel free to continue to support. And I thank you all for listening. And I'll talk Do to you all later. Person?